0: Welcome to Herb W. Morgan's Slaying Bulls and Bears, a podcast about economics, markets, investing, politics, and profit. Every Monday, in less than 20 minutes, Wall Street portfolio manager Herb W. Morgan distills the complex and complicated into the simple and sensical. Here's Herb now. morning, Monday, November 14th, 2022. I'm Herb Morgan, Chief Investment Officer here at Efficient Market Advisors. This is my weekly economic and market commentary for the week beginning today, Monday, November 14th, twenty-two. As a reminder, you can follow me intro week on um, LinkedIn or on Twitter. Either one works. And, um, Let's see, (laughs) I'm losing my thoughts this morning. You can get this as a podcast or as a subscription with the slides and graphs. The subscription and the podcast of course course are both free. Just email info at efficient-portfolios.com. You will get the weekly uh, slide deck mailed to you. Uh, There is no cost. We won't use your information for any purpose other than exactly that, mailing you the presentation. This is is prepared by me for use with you, whether you are a financial advisor or an investor. Either way, you're expected to make your own investment decisions. Nothing contained in this presentation is investment advice. There are no recommendations for the purchase or sale of any securities. Everything is for informational purposes only. The accuracy, adequacy, or completeness cannot be assured. We had a great year last week in equities. You can see Mid-single-digit gains, uh, developed international markets, uh, developed international stocks up 8%, S&P up almost 6%, mid and small cap stocks right there, just a little bit behind. But we also had a huge rally in the bond market. The 20-plus-year Treasury index was up over 4%, as we saw the yield in the 10-year U.S. Treasury drop almost 40 basis points, on a better than expected CPI and core CPI report, which had the markets rejoicing that perhaps the Fed was done with 75 basis point rate hikes, that the one in December is more likely than not to be 50, and the one in February, there is no January, the February meeting more likely than not could be even 25, and that we are near the peak Fed funds rate or the terminal rate as they're calling it. That's what caused the market to go higher last week we also got plenty of economic data but none of it was as important or relevant to market action as was the cpi report let's start with consumer credit people still have jobs we still have more jobs opening job openings than we have unemployed people because of that the economy keeps rolling along you don't have a recession unless and until you have job losses Consumer credit, the month of September, was up $25 billion. That was short of expectations, but it was still a big number. Revolving credit uh, uh, was up $8.3 billion in the month. On the negative side, our small businesses in the National Federation of Independent Business Monthly Survey for October said they're not as optimistic. Um, they, the index there fell from 92.1 to 91.3. And we had just had, you can see over here, one, two, three, four monthly increases. There was a little bit of hope, and then it rolled right over. But the net share of businesses raising prices in October was down for the fifth consecutive month to 50%. That's the lowest reading since September of 21. That's not low by historical standards, it's just low by the standards of the last year and a half, which in which we've experienced great inflationary pressure. Seven of the ten, seven of ten components fell. Biggest declines were in expectations and plans to hire. So this means the Fed's rate hikes, balance sheet runoff, are having an effect. They're having an effect on people's desire to hire. And quite frankly, the Fed is trying to interfere in the labor market to bring that to equilibrium to reduce overall inflationary pressure in the economy. How are they interfering in the labor market? Raising interest rates, which decreases risk taking, part of risk taking, of course, is hiring people. September inventories rose six tenths of a percent after gaining 1.4% in August. You can see inventory run down in the recession of 2020 with the COVID related shutdowns, big inventory builds coming in, back out, and now back to more normalized sort of historical levels of wholesale inventory growth. Weekly initial claims for unemployment remain incredibly low. They rose to 225,000 from 218,000, right along with expectations. Continuing claims from unemployment, still in that 1.4 to 1.5 million range. Here was the big, 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 big news last week. It was the CPI. It beat pretty much across the board on every part. Consumer prices in October still rose, They were up 4 tenths of a percent, but that was a far cry better than the 6 tenths of a percent that the market uh, was expecting. It was also up 7.7 year over year, better than the 7.9 expected. Core, more important, up three, beat also there by 0.2 and is at 6.3, also beating expectations by 0.2 year over year. Shelter costs are a massive component of CPI, whether it's owner's equivalent rent which is one of the key components. uh, They are a big, big contributor. It is a lagging indicator, this owner's equivalent rent. Half of the increase we got last week for the month of October was due to big increases still in shelter costs. But we know what the interest rate hikes have done to the residential real estate uh, industry, to costs, to employment. Uh, It's been devastating. It just hasn't yet been reflected in the data. Because we believe it will be, it seems obvious that it will be, then we, it's very safe to say that CPI is going to continue to be rolling over. Energy, which was the biggest contributor back here, uh, has now already rolled over. And then if we start getting shelter costs to roll over, we're gonna get seeing, start seeing the CPI come down fast. The Fed knows this, and that's why the market is beginning to discount seven, the chances of another 75 basis point rate hike. Okay, we got uh, consumer sentiment from the University of Michigan's report fell from 59.9 to 54.7, not the greatest reading, uh, well below expectations of 59.5, which would have put it you know kind of right up where it was. Current conditions fell, expectations fell as well. Part of this still is everybody's view of inflation. Can't blame them. Earnings season, just about uh, over 463 of 500 names have reported for the third quarter, 318 beat, 114 missed. Average earning size here, uh, surprise is about 3%. Big gains, no surprise, came in energy, followed by healthcare. Speaking of healthcare, back to the CPI for a minute. Uh, Healthcare has got some unique ways it, it's, it's represented in the CPI, it has a lot to do with premiums paid and payouts. And you know, in 2020, everybody stayed home and nobody got sick because of COVID. We got COVID, But believe it or not, payouts were down. And so you had 21 more back to normal and 22 more back to normal. You had big uh, impacts on CPI because there was more benefits being paid out there. Um, that's likely down to more normalized and stabilized as well. So sorry, I digress back to CPI for a minute. So the question now, everybody's asking me, if stocks bottomed? You know, probably, no way to know for sure, but this looks like that pretty healthy, normal, every so many years we get big sell-off, 20% or so uh, in equities. You can see we had it back in March 2020 with the sell-off related to the COVID shutdown, but then the Fed came to the rescue and the market shot higher. Um, the difference this time is the Fed's not coming to the rescue. The Fed is doing the opposite. The Fed is hiking rates. The Fed is decreasing its balance sheet because it's addressing the inflationary pressure. So this technical pattern here, big down drop, you had a lower low. This part concerns everybody. There's the June low and there's the October low. We're up 11.5% from that October low, but. Last week, we just crossed through the 50-day moving average. We haven't crossed through the 200, and the 50 needs to cross through the 200. That's that sort of turnaround. See, like you had right here. You know, you got a big move before that happens. But the 50 is above the 200, and the price of the index itself is above both. That's usually a sign of a big rally coming. You can see a beautiful trend there. We're not there yet here. Um, That being said, would I be a seller here? No, not really. Um, am I anxious to jump back in after that big move of 11.5% at the bottom? No, not really either. Uh, I'm kind of neutral right now, and I look at you know interest rates. They pay good now. We went from 4.20 to 3.80 on the 10-year. And don't pay as good this week as they did last week. Needless to say, uh, there's a chance, pretty good chance actually, that stock market has bottomed at least for now expect to continue to rally or at least moderate, moderate gains, maybe through the end of the year. The issue is going to be in January when we get into fourth quarter earnings season, how much impact have the fed rate hikes had on slowing down. We're already hearing lots and lots and lots of news about big, big scale layoffs in technology and the business of America today is technology. Okay. Changing gears for a little bit, well, the other thing that was a big, big, big um, cause of inflation was the supply chain issues. We had too much money chasing too few goods and services, and I have showed you this graph probably 10 times in the last year. I've been updating it each month. The backlog of orders is the white line, and then I showed it to you back here, I said it's the highest it's ever been. At the same time, inventories are the lowest they've ever been, so that's... In itself, this gap is massively inflationary. But since March of 21, so we're talking about a year and a half now, slow, steady decline in the backlog of orders. So they're catching up, getting product out the door, and rebuilding those inventories. So we're almost at equilibrium. This is significantly disinflationary. The next move in CPI or PCE and these numbers is Disinflationary. I didn't say deflationary, but disinflationary. Again, Fed knows it, Fed sees it, no reason to hike 75 basis points in December. They may do it just one last time for good measure to put an exclamation point on calendar 2022, but I see it as more unlikely than likely. This week, uh, nothing big scheduled today. Big one is tomorrow, that's PPI. Will we follow the CPI and moderate? I think so. We've got retail sales expected to be good because gasoline's expensive, but also because uh, new cars are starting to sell again as we're catching up on the supply chain issues related to computer chips, uh, import, export prices, capacity utilization, industrial production, business inventories. We expect more horrific news in housing this week. We know that industry is, is back on its heels. Initial claims for unemployment, starts and permits. We expect those numbers to be poor philly fed survey i didn't mention new york manufacturing which will be tomorrow and then in more existing home sales we expect weak numbers going from 4.7 down to 4.3 maybe even worse all this disinflationary well uh don't forget you can tell your smart device to just play herb morgan's podcast or play slaying bulls and bears uh appreciate you tuning in thank you and i'll be back to you again in one week Thank you for listening to Slaying Bulls and Bears. If you'd like to download the slides for this week's podcast, go to www.efficient-portfolios.com and join our mailing list. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, rate us online, and share with a friend if you found this helpful. See you next week.